Hello, I'm Victoria. And I'm Johnny. Welcome to Tasty Pages. A podcast for people who love cookbooks, food, and cooking. Each week, we'll discuss a featured cookbook from our popular Cooking the Books Instagram page. We'll also discuss the dishes that we made and rank the book in a variety of categories. Including food photography and styling, degree of difficulty, and of course, taste. The conversation is always unscripted, unedited, and uncensored. Spoiler alert, Victoria likes to swear. (laughs) All of this takes place in our living room in the heart of Minneapolis. Oh yeah, we also have a featured show topic with contributions from our listeners, and we end each episode with a lame food-related joke. Usually very lame. Hey now. (laughs) Join Join us for for Tasty Tasty Pages. Hey, Victoria. Yes, Johnny. Let's tell our friends in Minneapolis and St. Paul what we have going on March 6th of this year. We are hosting a cooking class at Cooks of Crocus Hill in Minneapolis. And what's on the menu? We will be doing an orange vegetable soup with roasted spiced seeds and harissa, a lemony salmon, and an orange fennel salad. And what's the date and time again? That is Monday, March 6th, 6 through 8.30 p.m. And if anyone is interested in registering... How do they do it? All they have to do is go to cooksofcrocushill.com and sign up for a spot. We'd love to see you there. This week's featured cookbook is... Flavor Equation, revisited by Nick Sharma. Hey, Johnny. Victoria. Hi, baby. Let me paint you a picture. Oh, please do. (laughs) Say there's this uh, Facebook group where... Rather than buying and selling of of goods, they offer to uh, give something away free of charge, just out of like the generosity of their own heart. Oh, Jesus Christ. Are you going to spin a yarn? Yes. (laughs) I wouldn't have it any other way. So the group in question is called the Buy Nothing Facebook group. This is part of a larger movement around the country, if not the world. And we have one here in Minneapolis that's kind of specific to our neighborhood, meaning that if you should decide to accept something free of charge, you shouldn't have to travel far to pick it up. Just a few blocks. Yes. Mm -hmm. Since I became aware of this and, and we set up notifications, I've received all manner of free things from my neighbors nearby. An unused jar of beard oil, which was great. Uh, this like heavy-duty steel like road case uh, that you would carry like nuclear secrets in. Which you sold for a profit. I did. I don't think that's really in the spirit of this group, but... Uh, you know, hey. Hey, if they didn't want to sell it, you can do Someone it. gave me a collection of uh, free microphones, mm-hmm. some of which worked, some didn't. But, you know, with my gig as an audio engineer, I actually found a use for a couple of them and sold the ones that I didn't need. We got some sausages one time. The sausages were great. Yep. Un- unopened. It wasn't like yeah. they were giving out used sausages or something. <laughs> um, it was just, you know, they got them accidentally with a grocery order. And, and they were vegan. Yeah. So... So for the most part, I've benefited greatly from this uh, group. I know exactly where you're going yep. with this. Okay. Because you're but, the grumpy old man. Okay, Let's hear it. You got to draw the line somewhere. <laughs> Not everything needs to be reused, repurposed, recycled. For example, 
I see lots of ads and posts for. I know what you're gonna say. Shoes, oh. and sandals in particular, like old Birkenstocks. Okay, when you can see someone's like already ingrained footprint in there, they're like black. Ah. And they're giving them away and like, hey, plenty of life left in them. Uh, you really? You think so? But and also, how are those going to be comfortable since someone's like foot is already ingrained in them? Like, Oof. ew, no, no. And plus all the germs and disgustingness. I just don't think shoes in general are, are made to be. It, it's one thing if maybe someone has this really nice pair of designer shoes that they wore once or twice for an event or something gently use they're selling them on the on the secondary market and you know hey these boots could be a thousand dollars brand new but you picked them up for a hundred bucks or something great go you score i actually i draw the line at use sandals yes that's just disgusting although i actually um when i was in college i picked up a pair of green suede doc martens still had the price tag on them that's what I'm they, talking about. They were at a vintage store. Yeah. Those things traveled with me all through Europe. I dove off cliffs naked. With, with nothing but Doc Martens with on. With nothing but Doc Martens on. Do you have any pictures of that? Um, Not the naked diving, oh. but there are photos of me sitting on, on the rocks in my cute little lavender bikini I've from seen those. H&M. I've seen yeah. those. Yeah. And those are my first topless photos ever, Ooh, too. stuff. I know, right? Woo! All right. Topless photos. <laughs> I like how you I, preface it by saying they were your first topless photos, as if there's like... <laughs> like a, a, there's a, a slew a, of them yeah, out there a, a in the world. catalog of topless photos of Victoria. <laughs> hey, no judgment. You do you. All right. Welcome to episode 91. We're so Woo! close to 100 Whoa. of Tasty Pages. More importantly, we're on a regular weekly yes, schedule we are. here. Go as us. Promised. Let's so, see how long it lasts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't, the pressure's on. Don't, don't hold out too much hope. Don't uh, hold us to that kind of standard. Right. Uh, before we talk about some more nonsense, I wanted to get a few things out of the way. If you go to our website, which is wecookbooks.com, click on the store tab. That will direct you to our Amazon.com affiliate page. We've got a few lists there, including uh, one for cookbooks, which I have updated with our year-end picks. Um, I actually saw on a report that people have made some purchases, and it's uh, much appreciated. That is uh, awesome. Every Thank you, people. Bit helps. Yeah. Keep the lights on here at Tasty Pages Central. You make a purchase from there. We get a little something in return. It doesn't cost you anything more. It's the most immediate way that you can support our podcast endeavor. This is, uh, I think this is going to be the thing that's going to push us into the stratosphere. I think maybe in the past three years, we've made maybe like $50 yep. from the whole affair. <laughs> no one's doing podcasts right now. Like, no, no, one, no one has nobody. a podcast. This, nope. We're on the cutting edge. We are. Of, uh, this is really, Look at us. really going to turn into something. <laughs> I suppose before we start any kind of discussion, we should share with our listeners what we're drinking. We are drinking a bourbon espresso martini. Ooh. It's martini. That might be a kind of polarizing uh, cocktail because, uh, you know, there would be purists that would say it's not a martini if there's bourbon in it. Well, I mean, a lot of people would say, because usually I make them with vodka. But usually, you know, there are people who will be like, it's not a martini if it's got vodka in it. And some people would even be like, it's not a martini at all. But whatever. Let us have our fun. Yep. Cool. I don't want to hang around those people. Nope. They're real fun at parties. (laughs) Uh, 
I, I did want to talk about, and this is something you sent me. It's this um, article from BuzzFeed, who I normally really don't pay much attention to and kind of am annoyed by. But uh, how can you not resist this clickbait, especially, you know, considering what we do here? 18 annoying things that people hate reading in a recipe. They had this list and I kind of browsed through it and uh, there was a lot of things that uh, I I definitely agree Uh, with. Things that resonated. Okay, first one is I hate when something is mentioned in the ingredients list but never shows up in the instructions. And we've talked about that at mm-hmm. length before. Um, it happens quite often. It like happened. More than you would think. It happened with the fake meat book with oh, the TVP. Yeah. Oh, we got our first uh, hate email. Oh, <gasps> shut up! Yeah. We did. No, I, you didn't tell me this. No, yeah. Share it. Yeah. So I, I, I opened up the email and it, someone had contacted us through the website and they they said something about like. Uh, that they they thought it was unfair that I that I posted like a negative review of the book on Amazon and said something to the effect of this this book is great serves a purpose for for people I don't know it was it was kind of a generic complaint yeah here's the the, the name that they provided was really generic it was like Bob Smith or something yeah. and I was and so I replied back and I was like thanks Bob in quotation marks and then that was it. Here's the thing, all the, like, the day that book came out, there were reviews that were, like, five stars, and pretty much all of them were, like, I haven't made anything from this book. Looking forward to cooking from this. Like, you can't review a book. Based on excitement. Yeah. Anticipation. Yes. We actually put in the hard-earned blood, sweat, and tears cooking from that goddamn flawed cookbook. Yep. So we're coming from a place of some experience and authority. Oh, I can't believe we got a hate mail. I kind of yeah. love it. I mean, it wasn't like I'm going to kill you or something. Yeah. No death threats or anything, but it was it was kind of anyway, <laughs> that was kind of off the topic. Whoa. Um, and we don't have to talk about all these lists. No, I, no, I no. just made a note of some of the ones that I thought were, were, you know, kind of significant and that I agreed with. Another one was when the recipe doesn't note that uh, an ingredient great. is divided as in uh, add part of the quantity at one time and then the rest at a later stage I I imagine this kind of happens sometimes with baking maybe well it does but like when we worked from the Ottolenghi extra special what was it extra good thing extra good things yeah like that happened a lot of times in the book yes and it's like Definitely a pet peeve. Mm-hmm. And then uh, number four on the list, I've noticed many claims that you should caramelize onions and cook until translucent. Those are two different things, yep. by the way. And then they also say throw in the garlic at the same time, which is impossible mm-hmm. unless you want burnt garlic crisps ruining your dish. It is amazing to me, and we've talked about this before, how often recipes will instruct you to add garlic and onions at the same time. I know, because the garlic will always end up getting burnt. The garlic just needs to become fragrant and it it takes no time to cook like i would say 30 to 45 seconds so you just throw that in at the end when you're cooking some vegetables or softening some vegetables anything what what, what's jumped out at you from Um, recipes that have high ratings but everyone has a different comment about how they've modified the recipe like it's not that great of a recipe if everyone felt the need to change it. I think we're guilty of that at we times. Do, we do. Well, yeah. <laughs> but I think it's more practical changes that we will make because we have something on hand already mm-hmm. or we don't want to buy something that we know we will never end up using mm-hmm. again and then it sits in our pantry kind of orphaned. I'd never be like, um, oh, we're substituting pork for chicken 
and we're gonna grill it instead of sauteing it yeah. you know like i don't know i feel you yeah another one that stuck out for me was number 14 it says recipes that use already prepared items like mm. best salad dressing ever and then it starts with open a pack of ranch dressing <laughs> right <laughs> we try to avoid canned and prepackaged stuff as much as possible with their cooking so it's and, and especially some of those books where they will walk you through the process of making like some kind of dressing or a sauce or something from scratch but then take a shortcut where they're like it, it happened and we keep going back to that goddamn vegan book but it happened there where you know Dump in a can of already cooked lentils. lentils. Yeah. And it's like, if you're going to go through the trouble of making all these other components of the dish, just cook some lentils. It's and not also, that difficult. Seriously, every time we we go to the grocery store, when we're in the like dry goods area, I am looking for cans of lentils. Yeah. No, yeah. haven't seen them. Yeah. So I don't know where she's shopping, but I'm, I'm, I'm not convinced they exist. Anything <laughs> else on the list? Anything else jump out at you? Um, oh, recipes that ask you to first preheat the oven and then have you do something other than what you're supposed to do for hours. Right. Something has to sit or marinate mm-hmm. or come up to temp or something and meanwhile your oven is blazing away yep oh okay here's one i hate recipes that you have to drain your pasta and then 10 steps later mention that you should reserve your pasta water (gasps) i've Mm. been guilty of that see at this point i kind of always know just save the pasta water save the pasta water yep that should be a shirt maybe we'll make one of those (gasps) i know save the pasta water salt your pasta water but uh, yeah, that's a BuzzFeed article. I'm sure you can find it on the internet pretty easily. I thought that was kind of worth uh, mentioning. I love that we're doing, le- we're reading <laughs> clickbait articles. Yep. So you don't have to. Uh, we went to the Mall of America for the first time <gasps> in decades. Oh my God. It's kind of the the tourist attraction of Minneapolis. And uh, I guess I guess there are people that live here that will go there but we're not one of them but it's still a destination absolutely there's a hotel attached to it there are people that probably book vacation getaways stay at that hotel don't even have to walk out into the cold minneapolis winter weather and they just like walk you know down a Mm -hmm. down a hallway to the mall entrance i mean i know they have really good restaurants there too which would be a big selling point. I don't think I've really been in a mall since I worked in one in high school. Good I, old Contempo Casual. I told you back in the day uh, there was a restaurant at the Mall of America. And I don't know how long it lasted, but it was uh, Hulk Hogan's Pasta Mania. Pasta Mania, yep. yeah. Although I was, that, he was like a, a, he was on top of the world. He had lots of money to yep. throw around, and he thought opening a, a pasta restaurant would be a good idea. Oh no, he still has a ton of money because he sued Gawker for posting a sex tape. Oh, that's right. And that's why Gawker shut down. <laughs> what would I do without you? You're, you are my lifeline to all things celebrity gossip. I know. Although I did, I, I that was a total lie because I worked in malls, like in college and stuff. Like As you do. Yeah. But it was really fun. We went to H&M. I didn't hate it as much as I thought I, I might. I didn't either. We were going there just out of morbid curiosity and thought we'd do some people watching. They've got like an amusement park indoors in the mall. First, it started out as Camp Snoopy. Right. And then it went to, I think, Knott's Berry Farm. Correct. And, and now it's like some Nickelodeon Wonderland or something. Yeah. See? Only the name has changed. Yep. 
They still have a roller coaster uh-huh, in there. Uh-huh, they do. <laughs> and a climbing wall. Which I wouldn't I wouldn't mind going on the roller coaster, to be honest. Next next trip. So ladies, pants for ladies are bullshit because they have performative pockets. Yep. Hate, hate, hate. You can barely put like a guitar pick in there or no, something. No, I know. And some of them are just like, they're like fake sewn in pockets where you can't actually Oh, that's even, just a cruel joke played by totally like is. Some, some man. It totally some, is. Some woman hating man. Like, we're going to sew the pockets shut. Yep. So I went up to the Clarence, as, as I like to say, the Clarence section of, H- Go on. of H&M. <laughs> and I found... A fantastic pair of men's trousers. When I when I was like in my late twenties, I had like four or five pairs of men of trousers that I would wear all the time. Love them. See, and you're lucky because when I shop the men's clearance section, it's all small or like triple XL sizes, and so like I can never find anything on clearance that would probably fit me. But but, but you're 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 petite enough where you can do the like. It would it would fit on like a a very um, slender man. <laughs> but to be fair, I pointed out this pair. I pointed out this pair of pants to him that I thought were really cool. Uh huh. And he was like, "No, they're skinny fit. They won't fit." Yep. I learned long ago that I'm not a skinny jeans kind of person. And so- also, I am not because I tried on a pair of like skinny fit trousers. I could not get my feet through them barely. And if you have an ass and hips, nope. Yeah, but you got to be a freak of nature to pull it, off the skinny jeans. Like they're, it, they're usually for like people with like twigs for legs. Well, especially if you're doing it in men's. Yes. If you are a woman trying on a pair of men's skinny jeans, save yourself the personal torture and just don't even do it because <laughs> they're not going to get up past your hips. But yeah. anyway, he got this gorgeous pair of trousers. They're, they're kind of checkered. They're like blue gray, lovely. They they look really hot on them. So. Hey, thanks. Mm-hmm. Can't can't wait to show them off. Are you gonna? Well, you've already shown them off. But I mean, if you want to do a little dance in them for me, should I post something on the Instagram? Or something? <laughs> do a dance. You could do like the Buffalo Bill dance. Let's let's not do that. No, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna veto that idea. Uh, should we fire, talk maybe. about what we are currently working on? We get sent a lot of books. And there's a lot of books that look interesting, but we don't feel the need to feature them for an entire week necessarily. But we want to at least do something from them mm-hmm. and, and spend a little time with them and, and also promote them because they look cool. Maybe just not our taste or something. But yeah, so few of those. And we are also working on the no gluten, no problem pizza. I think the last episode we had made one pizza. Mm-hmm. Now we're up to two. And we, I'm, I'm going to make a starter for a third one today. We did a Chicago deep dish. And okay, our favorite Chicago deep dish place was Giordano's. Love the Giordano's. It wasn't a Giordano's, but I was fully satisfied eating this. And I'm so happy to like have... A deep dish recipe. It it turned out. It was great. I mean, there are. That's a very polarizing subject. Talk about that. Like, yeah, you know, people be like, it's it's not a pizza. Yeah, I mean, those whatever. Are, those are all people from the East Coast. Yeah, they think that it's too much bread or something. But uh, I, I I I love them all. It, it you don't have to any choose. kind of pizza. I will eat. Right? It. Yeah, it's a bread 
tomato sauce, cheese, and what's not to love? Toppings, yeah. Right. You just finished the Milk Bar All About Cookies book from mm. Christina Tosi that you've been working on. Yes. So we'll be featuring that shortly. I had, I have to say today's recipe. I made cookies today, and I they tasted delicious. But the recipe was a disaster, and I had concerns with the batter when it was like in the bowl. I was like, this is kind of wet. So would you suggest that it was user error, or do you think the recipe was just kind of flawed? I followed it letter for letter. I mean, I did use the measure for measure flour, which shouldn't be a problem because I've used it for all the other cookies. Get Christina Tosi on the phone. We're going to have to speak to the manager. Like these cookies spread out so much and I had them well spaced hmm. and they like it kind of ended up as like a giant sheet tray full of cookies. Not that that's and a I've, bad thing. I've never had that happen to me ever, ever, ever. Huh. And I was just like, oh, I was horrified. I mean, I had a, a, some of it. They it tasted was, they were, delicious. Yeah. Yes. I mean, if they're ugly, so be it. I'd rather have that than have them look really nice and taste terrible. Absolutely. But yeah, so I'm done with that. Well, that brings us into what we are having for dinner tonight. We are doing stir-fried chicken with Whittier mushrooms. And that is from the book Winsun Presents Taiwanese-American Cookbook. And it's by Josh Q. Trigg-Brown with Kathy Irway. So I'm looking forward to that. Mm-hmm. We had the chicken marinating since yesterday. We've got the Whittier's soaking right now. It's going to be delicious. I hope so. All right. Show topic. This was a good one, and we got a lot of response. I know. I love it. We might have to condense this a bit, but we asked our listeners to tell us your age by sharing a snack that you ate as a child, and we got some great responses, and a lot of them. It's it's funny, though, because some of these just kind of sound like pregnancy cravings or like like drunk food that you would eat. Both? Yeah. Pregnant and drunk. (laughs) Well, that's not a good combination. For it might explain some of these choices, though. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You want to start with the first one? Uh, Joseph P. said, cheese whiz on saltines. Classic. Mm-hmm. Um, Charlene J. said, graham cracker and frosting sandwiches. That totally sounds like something I would have ate as a teenager. Oh, yeah. Like you've got the canned frosting hanging yep. out in your house. Totally. Yep. Uh, Nancy M. said, Stouffer's French bread pizza. And I can guarantee you're going to burn the roof of your mouth yep. on that. I didn't get the prepackaged Stouffer's stuff, but I did often make, you know, you'd get like a baguette, cut it in half, slice slice the half piece and, you know. Oh, and, okay, and you then, were much fancier because it's just much well, easier no, to open a box. Well, not carried away. I still would open up like a jar of pizza sauce and put that on there. But and still, that's more effort. But, and then put it under the broiler for, you know, a few minutes and, and that was like French bread pizza. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Alex R. said frozen raspberries from a Cool Whip container. Cool Whip. Cool Whip. <laughs> I think we mentioned that before, but if you haven't seen the Family Guy episode where they talk about Cool Whip. Cool um, Whip. Yeah. Look it up on YouTube. It's hilarious. <laughs> Joe B. said hostess honey buns. I've never had a honey bun in my entire life. I think these are the th- same things that I ate as a child. I'd have to look it up to confirm. But yeah, the the little prepackaged miniature, almost like a cinnamon bun yeah, size. Yeah, with I'm, like I'm totally familiar with it, with it yeah. because there was a scene uh, in the uh, Lady Gaga video where her and Beyonce are together and Beyonce like offers her like... 
this big bite of a honey bun and then they toss it out the window. Did she take it? She totally bit into it. Of course she did. <laughs> Have you seen the photos of her as the, is she playing the Joker? Uh, no, she's, <laughs> no, she's uh, Batman related, Harley right? Quinn. Oh, it's not even Batman related. No, it's a Joker movie. Oh, it is. Yeah. Okay. But I just got everything totally wrong. Per yeah. Usual. But uh, I, I, I saw on the Internet some other little Sir. headline that talked about, you know, they revealed the costume or something. Oh, I haven't seen the costume. I just saw like oh, like a close up of their face. Okay. But sir, please leave the celebrity gossip up to me. Uh, yes. Leave it to the experts. <laughs> what else you got? Uh, Beth B said shoestring potato chips. Okay. Okay. Chris M said fried bologna. Oh, I used to do that occasionally. Yeah. Yeah. Toss a couple pieces of bologna in a skillet. You're golden. Yep. Just, just that, just plain bologna. Yes. Huh. Huh. Uh huh. Okay. Uh, Melissa G said snack pack pudding in a can. Mm hmm. Okay. Oh, in a can though. Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen. Uh, she posted a photo too, so it, it it definitely exists, but I've never. Had the ones in the can. I hate the idea of like eating shit out of like a tin can. You'd make a terrible hobo. I don't. <laughs> I don't know why I just gross. I don't think that's out. politically correct anymore. It is. It, oh, I, I probably shouldn't me? use no. the term hobo. No. Well, but whatever. it's so quaint and charming. It, <laughs> it's not like you, racist or anything. When you've got I, like your little like rux, like your little uh, bindle, bindle on a stick. There's a song about that that refers to like that. That's what I think of in my mind when I think of like, you know, hobo. hobo. Yeah, you've got the stick. Riding the rails, hopping on boxcars. You've got got the stick with the little like red bundle tied to it. Yeah. This is how we were brought up. Like a a five o'clock shadow, Mm -hmm. maybe a stubby cigar in Mm -hmm. your mouth. Yep, absolutely. Paint the picture. Uh, Meg C said yogurt push-ups. Angela R said easy cheese on sociables crackers topped with a sliced olive. Ooh, sliced Sliced olive. olive. Fancy. What? That's like next level. Wow, right? Uh, Alicia W said oatmeal cream pies. Okay. They used to sell those at our middle school little snack counter. And then uh, let's see, I'll skip ahead a few of them. Uh, At cloudy.cook said gushers. Gushers were a big thing. Yeah. yeah. There are there are there, several gushers. Yeah, there was a few votes for mm-hmm. gushers. So that got a that got several votes. Lydia Hartlob said mayonnaise and ketchup sandwiches. Ooh, oh my god. You're on your own with that one. Woof, yes. Two of your favorite things. Oh my mayonnaise god. Mayonnaise and ketchup. <laughs> it's like a, a whirlwind of horridness. Uh ooh, Megan Anigans said uh Dunkaroos. And that, that was not the only vote for Dunkaroos. I know. Um, my theory is that Betty Crocker had a bunch of leftover frosting from filling the plastic tubs full of frosting. And they were like, what can we do with this? And they were like, there's a whole untapped market of children that could be eating frosting. Like, we'll just give them little mini servings yep. of it. And so, so they don't have to open an entire can of frosting. Sure thing. Uh, at Give Me Meatloaf said Bugles. I remember Bugles. Uh, well, you would put them on your fingertips yeah. and be like, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Exactly. Uh, <laughs> Yasmataz at Chicago said Wise Potato Chips. That must have been a regional thing because yeah. I don't remember those at all. I'd, I'd have to do some some research on mm-hmm. those. I think that's it. Okay. Um, what did you have for your picks? So mine were microwave pizzas. Small, you know, large? They were small and then they had this little tray. That, oh, the silver tray? With the silver yeah. tray. 
I think Hot Pockets came with those yes, too. Or, or the Tatino's Pizza Rolls or mm. something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember those. There was also Boil and Bag Chicken All King. I can't Ooh. believe nobody mentioned Boil and Bag stuff. Yeah. Like you would boil water. There was like rice and Chicken All King. In two in separate, separate bags. Po- okay. pouches. Okay. I never ate the rice. Yeah. Um, was the thing. I love them. Kudos. What Which, were what were kudos? Oh, they were the they were the milk chocolate granola bars that oh, came in different flavors. Candy bar like discuss, like marketed as a healthy. Yes, because it's got granola in it. Uh huh. And M and M's and Butterfinger mm-hmm. and yeah. Okay. Yep. And then snack walls, those horrible, horrible low fat cookies that tasted like sawdust. But at the time, everyone was buying into diet culture. Okay. I don't think so, I ever had those. Bless your heart because you're so lucky. Yeah, it was basically like waxy cover, waxy chocolate covering like sawdust flavored, not really chocolate cookie cake okay. thing. Huh. Terrible. Snack Terrible. They don't still make them, do they? No, they okay. do not. Maybe, what about, a, maybe there was a lawsuit or something. Who knows? Or people just got wise and were like, "These taste like <laughs> These shit." These are awful. Uh, how about you? Uh, I have a, I have I have a whole grocery list. Here. Oh wait. Yes. There's one more thing. Yes. There was this uh, product called Frusion Glaja. I vaguely remember it the was name like, at least. I don't know what it is. It was like this very um, custardy type yogurt. I feel like it was kind of based on Quark. Which is like a German yogurt type thing. Okay. It was only around for a very I think the name like freaked people. Well, and out. how was it how was it packaged or like It was packaged did, like yogurt. Okay. But it was it felt much more decadent than yogurt. Like kind of custardy? Yes. Okay. It was so good. Huh. So Came I in different flavors, I, I would did, imagine. Yes. Okay. And it was much more like quark than than actual yogurt. Interesting. So Yeah. I, I, I vaguely remember the name, but can't say that I ever had it. All right. My picks. Do it. Uh, Tutino's Pizza Rolls. <gasps> classic. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that was. Oh, like, my God. That was like the after school snack. Oh, I would go to my my best friend's house and we'd make Tutini Pizza Rolls and you always burn your mouth. Indeed. Mm-hmm. Uh, turn on Donahue. Watch, <laughs> watch Donahue. Put on some Tutino's Pizza Rolls. Absolutely. Planner's Cheese Balls. Ugh. Right? Um, Hot Pockets, the aforementioned honey buns. How did people not mention Hot Pockets either? I know. The mini pecan pies. That was another favorite of mine. Just the little individual ones. They're probably about the size of like a belt buckle. Ugh, gross. See? Missed opportunity. They should have had like pecan pie belt buckle or something. <laughs> um, Jello pudding pops. Yes. And and the the actual Jello pops too. I really love too fucking bill cosby and then uh he ruined it for us yeah all. and then uh steakums which I've talked i about was before. gonna i was hoping you would mention steakums I mean, tell them your steakums story please uh, <laughs> i'll give the short version i you know when i was a starving student i used to donate blood like many do and i had had like one of those steakums which was kind of like a pressed meat sandwich for uh lunch slash breakfast and then I went to donate blood and they were having a hard time drawing my blood because like it wasn't flowing and it was all like clogged up with presumably grease <laughs> steakums. So 
No, that's funny because uh, there was one time when I went to the doctor and they tested my cholesterol and they're like, your cholesterol is kind of high. And I was like, does it make a difference that I ate fried chicken last night? And they're like, yes, it does. <laughs> there you go. Because <laughs> I was like, I don't normally eat that way. So and they're like, yeah, we're, we're going to retest you. Yeah. So, yeah, thanks for the responses. That was great. That was a fun one. It was super fun. Uh, nice walk down memory lane. Let's jump into this book. All right. So this is the first time that we are revisiting a book that we've previously featured. We put this up to a vote with the uh, you know followers on our social media, and we each chose two books as possibilities. You chose... I chose Flavor Equation. Right. By Nick Sharma. And That Sounds So Good by Carla Lolly. And um, I chose... Vietnamese Any Day by Andrea Nguyen and Vegetable Kingdom by Bryant Terry. The truth is we would have been happy Absolutely. cooking from any of these books mm-hmm. a second time. And Flavor Equation like barely squeaked out a win. And uh, we couldn't have been more happy to revisit this book. And so that's what we did. We chose completely different recipes than the first time around. And not surprisingly... We enjoyed everything that we made, and I think it just kind of made our love for this book deeper. And also, to note, we used this book as one of our cooking classes when we lived in Chicago. Right. So we have also... So in a way, this is almost like revisiting it a third time. Yeah. Like yeah. We've made a ton of recipes from this book. Well, let's start with a bullet list of what we made this time around, and then we'll uh, talk about each one in detail. All right. So we started off with the grilled spiced chicken salad with amchur, and then we did a roasted cauliflower and turmeric kefir, and then there was a beef chili fry with pancetta, and then we did a honey turmeric chicken kebab with pineapple. And then to finish it off, we did a roasted broccolini with chickpea pancakes. Awesome. Yes. Let's start with the grilled spiced chicken salad. Okay, so this was like a super, super simple dish. Yes. And I feel like after coming off of fake meat book, we needed something, like we really wanted a win. Yep, we needed an easy win, and this did not disappoint. Yeah. Uh, So basically it was just... um, some chicken that was marinated in olive oil, red wine vinegar, coriander, cumin, and chili powder. Then it got grilled and it just was placed on top of, it called for like butter lettuce. We use romaine because we went to Trader Joe's. They don't have butter lettuce there. Right. And we normally have romaine on hand for making salads. And yes. Stuff, so totally um, fine. And also shallots. We cut down the amount of shallots. I think it called for three. Yeah. You used two. Mm-hmm. I mean, well, shallots can vary in size quite a bit as well. We had larger shallots, so, so we just stuck to two. I wouldn't necessarily say that the recipe was flawed or that it was too much shallots, but you just have to be mindful that you know of the, of the size of shallots that mm-hmm. you're purchasing. Um, and then also cherry tomatoes. And then it just gets like you combine all that and then you top it with a little lime juice and amchur. And for those who don't know, amchur is like this powder that is made from uh, dried green mangoes. Yes. It's got a little like tart, pungent kick. Really simple, but I was 
really impressed by the amount of flavor that absolutely, it had. Absolutely, absolutely. And that was a common thread throughout the book is even if the recipes were simple, they did not sacrifice flavor. They were not timid in flavor. Um, the ratios of spices was generous. Yeah, you, as, you would you look know, at it and you would be like... What, you know, is that going to be too much? Lot, but but no, but it wasn't. It's I mean, perfect. as long as you don't mind those spices, and like and like we don't shy away. Of like we're like yes, give us all the spice. Right. Anything else to say on that? I mean, it it was a grilled chicken salad. It, I, it was I an actually, easy salad. Like. Yeah. I took one for the team and and ventured upstairs to our rooftop deck where there's a, a community grill and I trudged through this and trudged I, yeah. through the snow yes, that is on top of the. I grew and and then there's a, adjacent to that there's like a little community room where they have like a TV and a kitchen <laughs> and stuff where you can reserve it and have parties and stuff and it's you know it's been nice a nice uh, amenity for the building and there were like a couple in there that were like canoodling on the couch and, well I will go up there and vape and that couple is up there all the time. So do you think they lack a TV in their condo? Oh, or they maybe must. But there is always... They just don't have Netflix or something? But there is always one person on their lap. They've always got their laptop out too. I'll just like glance. Like I'm not like sitting there staring at them, but... So they're not doing anything unseemly. You're not interrupting like... No, uh, no, no, no. There's like no like making out... behavior Mm-mm. or something. Okay. There's like someone is watching Netflix and then someone else is like on the laptop. Oh. I don't know. To each their own. Yeah. Whatever works. Sure. Um, Let's talk roasted cauliflower and turmeric kefir. Is it kefir? Kefir. Well, I call it kefir. Kefir Sutherland. (laughs) (laughs) Probably probably not the right pronunciation. I think it's kefir. (laughs) White people. (laughs) Uh, For those that don't know, kefir kefir whatever it's called <laughs> is a fermented dairy beverage it's really good for gut health too yeah, by the sure. way uh it's it's similar to like a really runny yogurt which doesn't sound really appetizing but it, it's good i don't mind it i put it in some and we had some leftovers i put it in smoothies and it was totally fine do you have any history about it no traditionally uh kefir was made in goatskin bags that were hung near a doorway Sounds sounds appetizing, right? The bags would be knocked by anyone passing through to keep the milk and uh, kefir grains well mixed. We just went to the store and bought some. We didn't like hang a goatskin bag full of dairy next no, to our doorway. We, nope. Uh, okay, so let's see. So this, you roast some cauliflower. Then you have a mixture of sautéed onion, uh, some spices, and kefir. Add the cauliflower into the kefir, and then it just gets topped with this lovely mixture of mustard and cumin seed and red pepper flake. And this is a technique that I think we learned kind of, you know, within the last five years or so, like where you heat up some oil and then drop, you know, in this case, it's the mustard and cumin seeds with the red pepper flake and it kind of like blooms you bloom those all the spices. spices yep. And then you pour that hot oil over it mm-hmm. and it's just like... So fragrant, it just makes your house smell it's so It's like great. a flavor bomb. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And so this this uh, incorporated that technique, and it, it was great. Let's see. Uh, this one was actually, I think, my favorite. Really? Uh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, beef, no argument for me. Beef chili fry with pancetta. Um, so this is like a riff on a gone dish. It's kind of a... For us, it was like 
kind of get away from like meat and potatoes. Uh, so potatoes, co- you say? <laughs> Shut up. Potatoes? Shut up. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Shut up. Continue. Um, so instead of using diced pancetta, we had bacon on hand. So we use bacon. Sure. So you saute that until the fat renders and then you take all that lovely bacon fat and you cook the potatoes, onions. First of all, you cook the steak because this uses a flank steak. And then you cook the steak, you set it aside, and then you use your bacon fat to cook the potatoes. And then you add the onions, garlic, and ginger, mm-hmm. black pepper, cinnamon, and turmeric, like all these nice warm spices. And then you add the steak back in. We did scale back the amount of onion because we well, felt it, like it was too, like for us, it was too much. And on, onions are another thing like shallots where they can really vary in size. Mm-hmm. And so the amount called for in the recipe, I would say might be a little much depending on the size of your onions. So I think we reduced it from like two onions down to one or something. And, and We had a big ass onion. Yeah. Yeah. So... Just something to be aware of. Like, mm-hmm. you know, if you don't want it to be a, a onion forward dish, maybe scale it back a bit. And we served this with rice. It was so delicious. It was. Mm. I think you ate the leftovers too. I totally <laughs> ate the leftovers. Well, and we had leftovers sitting in the fridge and I would go pick at them and we were going to have our love for lunch. And I always do this thing where like I will pick out leftovers and I will like... You picked out all the steak. <laughs> so it was just a bunch of like stir fried onion and, and spices. Potatoes. And I'm like, oh, that's a great lunch. I always... No steak to be found. I always pick out all the meat. I'm such a fucker. <laughs> <laughs> you little jerk. <laughs> all right. Anything else on that? <laughs> no. You okay over there? I'm fine. Uh, honey and turmeric chicken kebabs with pineapple. Ooh, this was another trip up to the roof. I think that couple was still canoodling they on the couch. They were still up there. They go, I swear to God, they go up there every night. What I'm were sh- they watching? I have no, I, I don't know. I don't pay attention when I go up there. There was something that they were watching on TV. It was like, it'll, it'll come to me. It was some like weird, weird show on cable. Like Survivor or something, but it wasn't Survivor, but it was like something. But how would you know it's Survivor? You've never seen a single episode I mean, I think I could spot what what it was just from it being in, I the, don't know. There in are, the pop culture vernacular. There are plenty of like crazy shows where like you're... On a desert island? Yes. And then mm-hmm. tasked with hooking up with strangers? Absolutely. Yeah. I think Seems there's a, like five or six of them out there right about now. popular theme. Since you don't watch reality television. That is true. Mm-hmm. Um, so this was uh, what I like to affectionately call as impaled meat. Yes. <laughs> with some <laughs> veggies and pineapple. Yeah, so it was like... Onion, bell peppers, pineapple, marinated chicken. What's nice is they all get threaded on the same skewers. Mm-hmm. And so all of those flavors as it's grilling kind of like meld together. And, and the thing really is, delicious. is like key, you keep the pineapple separate because a lot of times tropical fruits, I can't get sciency here. So but like an like, enzyme or something? Yes, there's enzymes. And like a lot of times like tropical fruits are kind of hard to make like gelatins with and stuff because they have like a weird... This is where the the, and, the science portion of the book, yeah. the flavor equation comes into play. Um, it's over our... It's above our pay grade. Yeah. So, but it was like seasoned with like turmeric, chili powder, coriander. It was delicious. It was. Simple skewers. And not... 
obviously not the first time we've made skewers. Always welcome in our uh-huh. house. Uh, let's talk roasted broccolini and chickpea pancakes. Okay, so this was one that I had a little bit of confusion on because I made the... Okay, number one, it was delicious. But I had... I didn't know how pancake batter was supposed to be like because it says like... Swir- You're talking about like the consistency? Yeah, because it says like swirl the chickpea batter around and per the recipe i couldn't really swirl it around at all Mm -hmm. so i ended up adding more water to make it a little bit more thinner Mm -hmm. because i mean pancake implies that you should be able to kind of pour it into Mm -hmm. the pan so Mm -hmm. yeah makes sense i actually ended up dming nick and i was like can you to his credit and generosity he responded pretty Absolutely, quickly. Absolutely, yeah. That's, that's really amazing and, and, so, and appreciated. Yeah, and so I think I like got kind of hung up on like the word swirl, and I like when I think of swirl, I think of like a crepe batter or something. Sure. Because like pancake batter, you don't like swirl it at all. Right. But when I contacted him, he said it was supposed to be more like a custard type thing, which was what we originally first had. Right. But I thinned it out. It was still delicious. Mm-hmm. Gluten-free, by the way. Gluten-free. It's made with chickpea flour. And also you roast um, you roast uh, broccolini. And then there is this uh, Indo Sichuan sauce. That has like dried cashmere Cashmi- chilies. Cashmere chilies, uh, onion, ginger, tomato paste, cider vinegar, soy sauce, and it is delicious. We still have some. It's I, delicious. I had some concerns about it being too spicy when I was making it. To my surprise, it was not. I mean, it's got some sweetness to it. Yeah. I the mean, other, it's the got other, some heat to it. But the other flavors like kick in mm-hmm. and like elevate it a little bit. It is not too spicy. It, it, and, it, and I think it would work well on a lot of different things. Like you, you could put it on eggs or, you know other other dishes and it'd be great so yeah so i not disappointed to have more it was it was a successful recipe even though like we ended up we changed a little bit because of some confusion like i think i got hung up on a word anything more on that i don't think so okay before we discuss our rankings i wanted to share the most critical reviews on Amazon that I found. There was a couple. I mean, this book has over a thousand reviews, most of which are glowing and mm-hmm. positive and five stars. Um, but I did find a couple that they were worth noting. Do you want to read the first one? Uh, yeah, the first one is from Pregya Gupta. Uh, she gave it one out of five stars. Uh, I tried multiple recipes from the book and followed the instructions as best as I could. But either they don't taste very good or don't look the same as his pictures. Well, the pictures are gorgeous. If you're <laughs> trying to replicate those, yeah, don't. You're you're no. up for a challenge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know how they couldn't taste very. Yeah, good I'm surprised that someone would comment on on the flavor of them. Um, and then Laird, I think it was Laird, not Lard, Laird. Laird Laird. Yep. <laughs> uh, he said one out of five. One place in the description mentioned that it was a book on Indian cooking, and I missed it. I was primarily interested in books on practical food science. The general food science portion of the book mostly revolved around chemistry, and chemistry is not my strong suit. I enjoyed the food lab, on food and cooking, and salt, fat, acid, heat much more. 
I mean, I guess if if that was what you purchased the book for, you might have a preference of of one title over another. I didn't purchase it for, for food science, the material related to the food science of which you know that that's a focus of the book. And there is some very sciencey stuff in this food, yes. like in this book. So I mean, we had become aware of Nick Sharma through his first book, Season, mm-hmm. which we love and own and have cooked from many times and so that was kind of our point of reference was like oh nick sharma author of this cookbook that we love has a new book out it just happens to incorporate a lot of you know food science theory in it as well but the recipes are still great so i mean i i guess i can understand if someone's coming from it from the different angle and wants a a a book discussing food science maybe if that if you just want something strictly about that that there's better options out there but to each their own yeah all right time for our rankings beginning with food photography and styling what'd you have victoria i gave it a five okay so all the photos were photos and styling were done by nick it's mostly got a really gorgeous dark palette. However, like, okay, there's lots of gorgeous macro shots of ingredients, as well as keeping in kind of in step with the science aspect. There were a couple shots where it looked like you're looking at it from under glass, mm-hmm. and there are like petri dishes with like various vinegars or various oils. Right. So I think that's like a really clever wink to this book Mm -hmm. about like the science of food. There are like quarter page, half page photos. There's step-by-step photos. There's also really interesting photos of like, I don't know how to quite describe it. It's like a motion capture of hands where you like capture the whole action Right. In one single shot. And this is like how he photographs. Like it's like a darker palette. Mm -hmm. For someone who is doing all of this work and taking these photos of like fucking kudos. Like they're the photos are gorgeous. And definitely have like a unique style. I mean, Mm, absolutely. Maybe maybe not the most natural appearing. No, no, no. But very unintentional or very intentionally so i feel like some of them are like burned down on the edges like vin do, do you like want to call it vinya yeah. yeah they're gorgeous yeah nonetheless and they totally appeal to me mm-hmm. what did you give it i gave it a five as well okay uh as you mentioned he photographed and styled all the content those macro photos um, that appear at the beginning of the chapters are really fun to try and guess what they are yes. because when we say macro, like like you said, it, it almost looks like if you spread something out on a slide under a microscope or like mm-hmm. if you put something on like, you know, those old overhead projectors from uh, elementary school totally. and then totally. kind of like magnified them. And so you're looking at this extreme close up of this oil or sauce or, or like there's like seaweed or whatever. Yeah. Yes. And it was kind of fun to like be like, what is that? Um, recipes photos are very dark and moody. Um, with great use of shadows along the perimeter, allowing uh, the off, often vibrant colors of the dish to capture your attention and focus. There's a variety of surfaces used, both hard and soft. 
None of the food is what I would say preciously plated. No. Um, but there's still this sophistication about them. Lots of story panels demonstrating a particular technique. So mm-hmm. like, there's one where he's preparing these chicken uh, lollipops, quote unquote. Which I said looked yeah. like a ball sack. <laughs> <laughs> Balls have you been looking at? Hopefully not mine. Um Making uh, parathas, is that how you pronounce it? Parathas, the the bread? Parathas? Yeah, and, and, and you know, so there was like lots of step-by-step. Step. Anytime that maybe a particular technique was introduced that he felt people might not be familiar with. Which is actually very kind, too, yeah. because like you can, re- you can read step-by-step directions. Yeah. And for me, like that goes in one ear and out the other, and I can't, like I can't, I have to like see actually what you're doing i'm a very visual person so great visual i super appreciate Mm -hmm. that that brings us to design and layout what'd you have i give it a five okay the first portion is all about the flavor equation which is emotion sight sound mouthfeel aroma and taste and that's like everything that makes up how you eat There is also a section about like the cultural and regional like flavor pairings, like Mm -hmm. how everything flavors that are common in different parts of the world. Mm -hmm. And then the chapters are broken into categories that are brightness, bitterness, saltiness, sweetness, savoriness, fireness, richness. And then there's also a pantry essential The pantry essentials are um, spices, dips, emulsions, chutneys. Each chapter has an intro on what you'll learn and how like that flavor element works Mm -hmm. and ingredients that fall under those categories and how to boost it and how to use it. Mm -hmm. All the recipes have like they have a brief personal head note. And then they talk about like the flavor approach. Mm-hmm. Um, there are serving sizes, but no times. Oh, no. Which drives me insane. But you still gave it a five. I still gave it a five wow. because, I mean. It's hard to find much fault with, with this book as I know. far as these categories go. I agree. What did you give it? I gave it a five as well. Okay. I think you covered a lot of what I had in my notes. I've said this before, but I believe that this book would be equally at home on a bedroom nightstand as well as a kitchen counter, Mm -hmm. depending on what you have in mind. (laughs) Um, If you're feeling a little uh, amorous, maybe not the the best nightstand reading. But anyway, I digress. I still don't feel like I'm any closer to wrapping my head around some of these concepts and information that are covered in the beginning pages. But this could easily be a culinary textbook and likely is for some people. Yeah. The forward was written by Christopher Kimball of uh, formerly of America's Test Kitchen, now Milk Street fame. That kind of gives you an idea of where it's it's coming from. You talked about the chapters being uh, divided into what I like to call the seven nesses. Ah, yes. Of the ne- oh, see, you're yeah. smart. There you go. <laughs> I have my moments. Yeah, and then the the introductory pages that talk about the way that we enjoy food. And it's not just taste. There's like emotions that are attached to foods. There's and I sights, love that he actually sounds. talked about emotions yeah. too because... This is a great book for people getting 
beyond just how something tastes and introducing you to like there's all these other factors that Mm -hmm. go into the enjoyment or not enjoyment of a meal and job well done like it's for more than when you just want to like slap a meal on the table correct mm -hmm. degree of difficulty what'd you give it i gave it a one which is good okay yeah so what struck me most about revisiting this book was how cerebral some of the concepts discussed are yet the recipes themselves are really simple to execute and also incredibly successful in their goal to demonstrate these concepts i don't think any competent home cook would have any difficulty completing these recipes successfully the illustrations do a great job mm-hmm. for anyone who learns visually like you with explaining these materials. I, I, I think if you have like the most basic of cooking skills, you could execute most of these dishes. Okay. Yeah. What'd you have? I gave it a two. I know this is one of the books that we have probably cooked the most out of in the past couple of years. Yes. Without a question. Some of the recipes do have several components that might take time and dishes but not difficult but that said like definitely well worth it mm-hmm. i don't think the recipes themselves are ne- they're not necessarily difficult but like for people who are like oh i just want to put something in a pan and sure. like, be over with it that's fair um honestly like this is a book that i would give to someone who is maybe a baby cook or whatever and, and I'd maybe be like, looking Here. to expand their yeah. repertoire and kind of learn something in and the be process. like here read some of this stuff right and you'll you'll learn a lot yeah. um yeah so i gave it a two uh taste what'd you give it i gave it a five uh-huh i think i would gladly make and eat every dish that we've made both times again and and there's been dishes that we have returned to several times mm-hmm. so um this is definitely a favorite of ours what'd you give it I gave it a five too. I think I like, I seriously feel like you could just flip a page and be like, we're going to make this. Yeah. And not be disappointed. And it would be fucking delicious. I have to say, I think this is like one of my favorite books ever. I love this book so much. And I was so happy when it won for revisiting. You did it. You did it, Nick Sherma. I was so fucking happy. Like, so good. And even though I lost from my choices, you I, were still I was happy. still a winner. Yeah, you were still a winner. Is this a buy, borrow, or banish for you? Oh my God, it's a buy and buy it for everyone else you know. Yeah. Like, fucking hell. Yeah, I wouldn't, yes. I, wasn't, I wouldn't hesitate to recommend someone buy this book. And I think there would be something for just about everyone in there. If you, if you like cooking and want to learn... Uh, a little bit more of the why and how behind some of these recipes. Great book. All right. Now we've reached the gastro obscura portion of the show, exploring the weird and wonderful culinary traditions, experiences, and ingredients. Per usual, Victoria, you have not shared your topic with me ahead of the show. No, I have not. So this is a surprise for me as well. Where are we going to this week? Okay. So we are going to Peru. And this is a spit-fermented liquor called Masado. It's made from boiled yucca, and village women will chew the yucca and the enzymes in the saliva. Oh, I've heard of this. Yes. Okay. The enzymes in the, in the saliva break the starch into sugar, and then the mash is put into a pitcher to ferment for several days, and that kind of results in, like, a fruity kind of sour drink. Wow. Um... 
Not for the squeamish. No. Okay, so, and this this thing is used as a bargaining chip for the wives and their husbands because the, it's, like, really nutritious and stuff. Husbands out of line, no. No Masato for you. Okay. Um, so, uh, and also, like, warm spices and fresh fruit will be added to it, resulting in, like, a more cocktail-like drink. Um, so are there different flavors? Well, I think or? you can like customize it, whatever. Sure. And if someone offers you a glass of this, it's like deeply offensive to refuse it. It's also carried in some small shops in Peru. But be forewarned, it can carry hepatitis B. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you're fully the, immunized, the, the, go the, for it. The alcohol doesn't kill it, huh? It does not. Okay. So, yeah. And what is it called? Masato. Masato. That has a better ring to it than spit liquor. <laughs> so, I, I mean, I if I were at a bar and someone said spit liquor, I'd be like, no, thank you, ma'am. Yeah. All right. Okay. If you enjoyed the show, please rank and review us. You can follow us on our socials. Our Instagram is at we underscore cook underscore books. And our Facebook is at We Cook Books. All right, I've got a I've got a lot to live up to for this uh, final uh, episode joke here. Okay, I'm on the verge of like really having to pee super bad. <laughs> oh goodness! So we're, don't we're, make don't make me. We're playing with fire here. <laughs> All right, so in keeping with the theme of the show, I've got a few Indian food jokes for you. And uh, you know, when I search those. I uh, ruled out all the racist ones, oh which eliminated God. about 90% of them. <laughs> I'm sure. And then uh, also eliminated any with references to non because that was just too easy with for a punchline. Like, you know, it's a non-issue, that kind of stuff. So, like, what I was left with were these two gems. Some doctors are now prescribing uh, an Indian dish of vegetables braised in yogurt and spices to produce a thick, thick sauce for, like, some ailments. You might say that they're putting their patients in a medically induced korma. Huh? Yeah, sure. Korma? Oh. I mean, I get it. Korma. Yeah, yeah but that's I, not I, funny. I thought that was a good one. Okay. Uh, okay. Uh, I had Indian food for lunch and I almost choked on it. Talk about a paneer death experience. <sighs> sure. <laughs> that's all I got. You struck Man, out. I went from like. Making me pee in my pants. To. Barely even eliciting like a response from you. Yeah. Well. Bad job, sir. Papa tried. Yeah. Thanks for listening, everyone. Have a fantastic week. Stay safe. Stay hungry. <laughs>